Take your copy of God's Word, would you, and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This morning, over the last few Sundays, we've been gathering the ingredients of contentment that we find here in Philippians 4 in the life, in the example, in the words of the Apostle Paul. These are ingredients that will be present. We will find these ingredients in the life of a believer who is content in Christ. In verse 10, we saw that the content believer in Christ will have complete confidence in God. Complete confidence in God's sovereignty, in His power. That is foundational to learning to be content as Paul learned to be content. In verse 11, we saw that the content believer will be completely satisfied with God's provision. We have a heavenly Father who will supply all of our needs. The Bible tells us according to His riches in glory. And for the believer to be content, he must learn how to rest satisfied in God's perfect provision. And then in verse 12, which we looked at last week, we saw the content believer in Jesus will learn to live above their circumstances, resting completely in God, satisfied with His provision. The content believer learns to live above their circumstances, whether in trouble or in triumph. The content believer is learning to trust in God at all times and with everything. And those are important reminders for us. It's good that we kind of back up a little bit and review for a moment. Good reminders because remembering where we've been here in chapter 4 is going to be important as we come to one of the most taken out of context verses in the Bible. As an example, I'm reminded of how often this verse is taken out of context. A well-known football player used to have this verse reference written on his eye black, those little black things that football players put on their faces to, I think, reduce the glare. He would write the reference on those eye blacks. A well-known NBA star has written parts of this verse on his tennis shoes for years and even had a tennis shoe company produce shoes with this scripture reference on the shoes and a portion of the verse written on the inside of the tongue of the shoe. Other athletes have even tattooed this verse on their bodies. Unfortunately, many athletes and many other people quote this verse out of context. Perhaps they think that because they believe in Jesus, He will help them be exceptional at whatever they set their minds to. And some of us have quoted this verse, even taking it out of context at times, maybe even to be encouraged at times, applying it to whatever we set our minds to, thinking that we claim this verse and God shows up and helps us. What verse am I talking about? Let's look at verse 13. Philippians 4, verse 13, where Paul writes, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I love that verse. I'll bet you love that verse too, don't you? 
I can do all things through Him. Who is Paul talking about? Some of you might have a Bible translation that uses the name Christ here. That's who he's talking about. That's who Paul is speaking of here. In fact, we see this back in verse 7 when he says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's a reminder of who he's talking about here. And that's really uh, the rest of chapter 4 is kind of following from that thought in verse 7. The peace of God is found through faith in Christ. And it's the power of God at work through faith in Christ that strengthens the believer for what we see Paul pointing to here in chapter 4. It is Jesus Christ who strengthens the believer in Christ. But for what? For what? What is Paul pointing to here? Does God strengthen believers in Jesus for anything we set our minds to? I haven't run 10 miles since I was in the Marine Corps. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. (laughs) I am not built for 10 miles. I ran 5 miles a few years ago, and I haven't done that again in a long time since then. So... If I were to go out tomorrow and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm going to run 10 miles. Is it going to happen? Afraid not. Afraid not. That's how we treat this verse sometimes. We need to be really careful about how we use the Scriptures. And and I do mean use. Sometimes we use the Scriptures and we use them wrongly at our own peril. At the peril to of our own faith, we need to be careful how we use the Scriptures. What is Paul pointing here to, to here? Does God strengthen believers in Jesus for anything they set their minds to? Can they just claim this verse and take off? One of the risks we take when we study like we have been in chapter 4, looking at one or two verses at a time, is that we might carelessly lift a verse from its context and, and forget what we've seen already and forget what comes next, fail to look at what comes ahead. Forgetting where we've been, failing to look at what lies before us. But what we're hearing from Paul in verse 13 is that he has learned to be content with little or much. He has learned to trust completely in God. He has learned to rest satisfied in God's perfect provision. And the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a spiritual strengthening that he's talking about here. And the thought continues in the verses that have followed verse 7 that we've been looking at in recent weeks, thinking about the the theme of contentment in Christ. Paul had learned to live above his circumstances and not to be controlled by circumstances because he knew that it is Christ who strengthened him for it all. That's the next ingredient to contentment we see here in verse 13. The strengthening of Christ. You need the strengthening of Christ if you're going to know contentment. Believers who learn contentment can be confident that they will have the strength of Christ to help them when they're trusting in God and His power and when they're satisfied with His perfect provision and when they're learning to live above their circumstances. 
looking to Christ through it all. Remembering it's Christ who strengthens them. The follower of Christ can have confidence that when they're living for Christ, when they're honoring Him with their obedience, when they're doing all things for the glory of God, they will be strengthened by Christ when they need His strength the most. There's an important distinction to be made here, though. What we're seeing is that the believer who learns contentment has also learned to be obedient. We cannot expect to be content, and we cannot expect God to just show up and give us the strength of Christ when we need it most if we're refusing to be obedient to God's Word. We cannot simply quote Philippians 4.13 disconnected from obedience and expect to have God's help in the midst of our difficulties. Nor should we assume that Philippians 4.13 applies to anything we want to do. Think of Paul's life for a moment. Think of Paul's life again and his example that, that we're seeing here. Whatever Paul faced, what kinds of things was Paul facing? He's in prison. Whatever Paul faced, whether in prison or whether shipwrecked or being opposed for his faith in Christ or being opposed for preaching Christ or having little, and even in those times when he had more than enough, he wanted to be obedient to Christ and he wanted Christ to be glorified in it all. That's what he says in Galatians 2.20 when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, For to me to live is Christ. Paul had learned that to be content, he needed to be obedient to Christ. And he needed to live to make much of Christ with his obedience. And he had learned that when he was living to make much of Christ, to honor him with his obedience, he had the strength of Christ to help him when he needed it most. So what can we learn from Paul about living a life strengthened by Christ? To many of us, it's probably obvious, but let me state the obvious. First of all, we need to understand that to be strengthened by Christ, we must have Christ. We must have trusted in Christ. We must have Christ living in us. We can only be strengthened by Christ if we have confessed our sin and believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then we have Christ living in us. God's Word tells us so. The Holy Spirit lives in the believer so that, among other spiritual graces, we will have the spiritual strength of Christ when we need it most. What Paul is referring to here is spiritual strength. Spiritual strength to go on in the face of severe difficulties when his strength is all gone. He's not claiming to be superhuman. He's not saying that he can live indefinitely without food or water. 
But what he's saying here is that when he's humanly reached the breaking point, when he's all out of strength, even in the face of death, he is able to bear up spiritually under whatever difficulty he's facing because it's not his strength. It's Christ strengthening him, giving him wisdom, giving him peace, giving him contentment when he needs it most. Paul knew the peace of God because Christ lived in him and he was being obedient to Christ. But back in Philippians 4 and verse 9, Paul said, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Do you remember what I said about practicing these things meant when we studied it? It's obedience. It's taking the truths of God's Word and deliberately taking steps to obey. Even if to us it looks like little baby steps, making progress in your faith, taking steps to obey. Practice these things. And? Paul says, the living God will show up and give you His peace. The God of peace will be peace to you. The God of peace will give you His spiritual enablement. Paul knew that the God of peace is the one who gives strength to the obedient believer to live the contented life. It's not in Paul. It's not in you. It's not in me. It's the power of Christ living in us, giving us strength as we obey Him. It is the Holy Spirit living in us as we live obedient, Christ-honoring lives. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us the spiritual strength for faith in the most trying times. How do we know that it's Christ living in us that we need? Well, we see it throughout Paul's writings and we see it throughout the New Testament. The grace or the strength of Christ was all sufficient for Paul. He says so in 2 Corinthians 12.9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He's saying, God spoke and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul also says that it is Christ who gives him strength. In 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to this service. He judged me faithful. What's that? Obedience. The Lord Jesus Christ was Paul's strength and Christ Jesus our Lord is our strength if we are living our lives to honor and obey Him. And just as in Paul's weaknesses, the Lord will show Himself mighty in our weaknesses. And when we learn contentment, we will be able to say, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12.10, for the sake of Christ then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How could he say that? Because he knew he had the strengthening of the Holy Spirit when he was at his weakest. 
This is why Paul could say here in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. When we see believers who suffer, you've likely seen a believer who suffered and they face great difficulty. And in the face of that great difficulty, they show incredible grace to endure. To face that thing that we see them going through and we think, I could never do that. I don't know how they do that. I could never do that. And you're right. You see, we need to understand that not only do we not have the strength to do what they do, it's not in their strength that they do the things that they do. When a believer has his eyes fixed on Christ, when a believer is confident in Christ, trusting in Christ, resting in His provision... It's in the strength of Christ working in them that they endure as they take steps to obey Him, as they take steps to honor Christ with their lives. And that's just as it was for Paul. That's just as it will be for us. Those things that we look at and say, I don't think I could ever face that. I don't know how they face that and show such grace. And yet, in the midst of those trying times, if we're seeking to honor God with our lives, God shows up and gives us His strength when we need it most. And we too can look back at times and say, I don't know how I did that. That was Christ in me. I don't know how I faced that hardship, that difficulty, that hurt, that pain. We need to recognize the sufficiency of Christ in us. And so we learn from Paul not only that it's only with Christ living in us that we can live by His strength, but we also learn from Paul that Christ gives us His strength when our strength is gone. If the Lord was all this for Paul, if the Lord is all this for other believers that we've seen endure with great grace, then there's no doubt that the Lord can be our strength in all our circumstances. The Lord can most certainly give us the spiritual strength to live above our circumstances. He must, because it's not in us to learn without His help. It's not in us. It wasn't in Paul either. Paul learned contentment from the indwelling, empowering work of the Holy Spirit at work in his life. And so self-sufficiency we must remember, is dangerous because it keeps you from relying on Christ in the midst of your weaknesses. Contentment can only come when you rely on the all-sufficient Christ who gives you strength in the face of difficulty when your strength is all gone as you obey Him. The trouble is we all want contentment and we think that it comes in the absence of difficulty. If I just didn't have any troubles, I'd be content. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> and neither would I. 
real peace comes when we learn to live satisfied and content no matter what the circumstances. Because we're not looking so much at the circumstances as we're looking at our Savior. We're looking to Christ. That's learning to be confident in God, satisfied with His provision, learning to live above your circumstances. And when we see this, when we learn to obey, we will also find that we have the strength of Christ when we most need it. And I don't think we can overemphasize the importance of understanding that the believer whose life is strengthened by Christ is a believer who is obeying Him. We must be obedient to Christ to have His spiritual strengthening. If we're living in disobedience to God's Word, resisting the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, God may allow us to go through the depths of difficulty and despair to chasten us, to bring us back to our senses so that we will once again look to Him. Bringing us to a point of repentance where we'll get our eyes off of ourselves and off of our problems and get them back on Him. God may allow us to experience His chastening so that we'll turn to Him in obedience and faith so that we will once again know His contentment and joy, so that we will turn from those things that are sin and turn to Him, restoring our fellowship with Him and obeying Him so that we can begin living, being strengthened by Christ again. You see, living with the strength of Christ is far better than living without it. That's why James 4, 6 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. If you're humble before God's Word, you take instruction from God's Word. If you're humble before Christ, you take instruction from Christ. You follow, you seek to obey. We also hear this in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, and this is another one of those verses that's often misused, but this is one of the most encouraging Old Testament passages when it comes to living a life strengthened by Christ. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we dive into that verse and just jump right past that first statement, which is the most important statement of all. They who wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. You know what that means? We say, don't pray for patience. God will teach you. You know what waiting on the Lord means? It means being obedient. It doesn't mean doing nothing. It means doing the thing you know you must do in obedience to God and His Word. Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean we're idle. Waiting on the Lord means we're, we're active. We open the Word. We search the Scriptures. We say, this is God's Word. I say it all the time. This is God's Word. I must obey. We need to say that to ourselves as we open God's Word and wait on Him and trust in Him. Waiting on the Lord means living in obedience to God, living in a way that shows you are depending upon Him. Depending on the mighty God. Resting in His perfect provision. Learning to live above your circumstances. Because you're trusting in God. It is this kind of believer who will be strengthened by Christ when his strength is most needed. We serve a mighty God. A truly awesome God. A merciful God. 
We serve a God who is mighty in power, mighty in wisdom, mighty in strength. May it be our desire that we each learn to live lives that are obedient to God, that are obedient to His Word, so that we will have the strength of Christ when we need it most, so that we will have spiritual strength to most glorify Christ with our lives and know the contentment that is ours only through Him.